a plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, I am wishing you a happy Star Style New Year. Hello, Power Partners. A whole new year ahead of us. I mean, did you clear your agenda? Did you make your goals? Well, welcome to our informational playground. It's brought to you by Be The Star You Are. We are coming to you live on the Voice America Network, and this is the Empowerment Channel. My name is Cynthia Bryan, and I am just thrilled that I am back here on the air with you, as I will be every Wednesday for the rest of the year from 4 to 5 p.m., The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity. Thank you to everyone who did make a donation. Please visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. We are constantly working to improve the lives of others by empowering women, families, and youth and increasing literacy. This is from Isaac Newton. When you ask a question, it makes you look stupid for five minutes. But if you don't ask, you stay stupid forever. (laughs) Isn't that a great one? I mean, how many times do we not want to ask questions when we don't know the answer because we're afraid of looking stupid, but then we'd never find out what the answer is? Well, you're going to be really inspired today with today's show because we have two terrific guests coming up in segment two with a book that can really change your life. It's called Where War Ends. It's Recovering from PTSD and Moral Injury Through Meditation. It's a combat veteran's 2,700-mile journey to heal. The authors are Tom Voss and Rebecca Ann Nugent. And uh, I'm excited uh, to interview them because I was really, really inspired by this book. And the writing is just uh, just terrific, but I'd never heard about the word moral injury. And I've talked a lot about PTSD and had many guests on, but when you hear about moral injury, you'll really figure out what it is that goes on with our first responders, our combat veterans, and um, many people who who live through some very stressful things. In um, Also, we're going to be talking about gratitude because since this is the beginning of the year, it's a great time to, you know, change our attitude up a few notches, embrace that gratitude every day despite losses and challenges. You know, when we search for the good in the tiny details, we can really move on and we can find joy. So I want to help you discover that joy by making that attitude adjustment for the year. But uh, right now, I want to talk about the coolest trends in gardening for this year. Trends drive sales, they drive new life into gardens, and predictions indicate that the green industry will be at the forefront of urban growth and development. So let's discuss what is happening 
Uh, I call it the power of re, R-E. You know, Miguel de Cervantes said, take a deep breath of life and consider how it should be lived. Well, it's a new year, great cheer, time to eliminate the fear of getting dirty and starting a garden. So many people have confided in me that they think they have brown thumbs. And I don't believe that for a second. I don't think it's possible. There are only those who have not tried and tried again. You know, that's like, We just never, never, never give up because there's no failure in the garden. Failure is fertilizer. And every time I have a plant that doesn't do well, I just send it to the compost pile and it renews my garden. So if you pledge to get down in the dirt this year and experiment with some plants, once you have a little bit of success, you're going to get hooked on being out in the garden and your vivacity is going to just soar. So to help you to get into the swing of things, I want to offer you some of the top trends that have been predicted for this year and they've been formulated by the Garden Media Group. And these trends can help you choose plants, products, services that will assist you to survive and thrive in the outdoor world of Mother Nature. And who knows, with so much information, you could become an influencer or you could even become a trendsetter yourself. So dive in, um, listen to the research, and then have some fun with re-greening our great planet Earth. Now, whether you know it or not, currently more than 50% of the world's population reside in cities. And um, I wasn't really aware of that. I thought it was a little bit less. But by 2050, that number is going to grow to 70%. That's huge. And with so much connectivity and urban living, people are hungry for nature. And because of urbanization, it's going to become increasingly imperative for cities and businesses to design tranquil, plant-filled spaces for people to refresh and to enjoy themselves Because in the age of Instagram, parks, forests, water elements, and sustainable edible gardens are critical, not only for recreational purposes, but also to get away from the hustle and bustle of urban living. People with knowledge are going to be in demand if their knowledge is in plants. That makes me happy. I know a lot about plants. Hopefully, I will be in demand. More trees are going to be planted as a cost-saving strategy to improve the health of communities while controlling stormwater runoff, reducing air pollution, and mitigating the heat. Now, green environments will become the norm with green businesses assisting in the education of the public about the necessity of becoming a steward of our planet. We currently live in a throwaway society. Uh, I think we all know that. It's just major consumption. And many of us might remember the days when appliances lasted 20 to 30 years. I, I know that like my mom's washing machine lasted over 45 years. Now today we're lucky to get seven to 10 years before we have to replace And when I was a girl, I learned to sew and make all my clothes. And today I still mend torn clothing. I alter wardrobe to replicate uh, current fashions. I just don't toss things and get something new every season, not just because it costs too much money to do that or who has the closet space or, I mean, you know, I mean, you could always be donating, um, of course, but. I I just don't want to be that huge of a consumer. Since 1970, global consumption tripled with only 9% of materials consumed being reused. 
So this is a material mismanagement, and it contributes to 67% of global greenhouse gas emissions. So it's really easy to reuse, repurpose, re-engineer items that we already have, you know, and create new items that we may want or need. And just uh, just today, I was rereading a letter from my cousin who wrote to me about how he used to call my dad Superman because he thought my dad was one of those farmers who just always stopped to help anyone in distress. My dad could fix anything and everything, and he put he fixed everything and anything with bailing water, bailing wire, and electrical tape. So, in other words, Daddy did more with less, and he taught all of us to do the same. His advice was to repair, reuse, recycle, repurpose, remake, renew. So we've been doing all of these things long before it was in vogue, and now the re everything is trending. So I like to call it the power of re. For example, when you buy a plant, either return the plastic container or reuse it. So a major goal for 2020 is minimal waste. If you are looking for a great job or a second uh, second career, you might want to consider horticulture because um, you may not even know it, but in 2018, gardening in America grew to be an industry of $40.6 billion. That's according to Euromonitor. And they're predicting by 2023, gardening is expected to reach $49.3 billion. And that means that more labor is going to be necessary. So the next generations will need to learn to grow more food. And one of the things you can do is encourage children to seek an education that will offer them some expertise in urban agriculture, in environmental sustainability, or even garden installations. And you could start job training on the job training right now at home, actually in your backyard. If you give your kids seeds to plant, weeds to pull, areas to irrigate, allow them to grow a few vegetables to make a pizza. They'll be happier, they'll be healthier, and they'll become automatic stewards of the soils. So as we begin 2020, let's take a big, deep breath and walk around your backyard and walk around your neighborhood and consider the importance of the flora around you and think about what can you do personally to be more sustainable and to re-green our planet And I will be talking more about these garden trends in upcoming uh, segments. But until then, just remember that failure is fertilizer and do your part to implement the power of re. There are a few gardening tips I'd like to give you for January. The first one is recycle any unflocked Christmas trees that don't have any stands on them. Put them by your curbside on your regular garbage service day. You have to remove all the lights, the ornaments, the tinsel, the trimmings. Three Wise Kings Day is now over, um, so this is time to take down the tree. Uh, Trees that are over eight feet, collection companies usually request that you cut them in half, so um, be vigilant about that. Return grass clippings to your lawn. Grass mulching can fertilize the soil, and it minimizes the amount of water needed to keep your yard green and healthy. It is uh, January. It is time to prune roses and crepe myrtles throughout this month. You probably have until about February to do it, but a heavy pruning. 
Revisit the wonders of winter. Visit the mountains, the vineyards, and public gardens. Reboost your vitamin C with fresh fruit from citrus trees. Ripening in the next two months, you're going to enjoy some sweet navel oranges, your limes, lemons, grapefruit, and clementines. Uh, you can peruse spring catalogs for ideas on planting and then re-gift them to a fellow gardener. I love looking through these catalogs, and whether you buy something or not, it'll give you a lot of ideas on what kind of plants might go well together and maybe what you'll want in your garden for a wish list. Uh, Protect your plants from frost or freezing by covering them with burlap or tarps. It's time to harvest potatoes and beets. If they look ready, make sure that uh, you check it first. Replenish your bird feeders with nutritious seeds to keep our avian visitors nearby while supplementing their dietary requirements because it is the cold season, or the cold season, I should say. And refresh your vitamin D requirement. Spend at least 15 minutes outdoors every day and resolve to utilize the power of RE, R-E, in 2020. So happy gardening, happy growing And Happy New Year from me, the Goddess Gardener, and uh, we'll have more for you about other trends, as I said, coming up. But when we come back from break, we're going to interview guests Tom Voss and and his sister, Rebecca, who wrote the book, Where War Ends. It's a combat veteran's 2,700-mile journey to heal. And uh, when I say 2,700 miles, he walked it. Be back in a minute. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are, and we're welcoming you to 2020. Be the star you are. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. 
Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is called... We are back, and I'm Cynthia Bryan, and this is Star Style. Be the star you are. And in keeping with bringing you the pioneers on the planet, I have two amazing people with me today. Uh, The authors of Where War Ends, Recovering from PTSD and Moral Injury Through Meditation. It's a combat journal, uh, combat veterans 2,700-mile journey to heal. Tom Voss and Rebecca Ann Wynn, welcome to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Well, I'm really thrilled. First of all, I want to let our listeners know that you are brother and sister. And I think this is just a wonderful experience that you shared together because... Tom, you had to open yourself up about being an infantry scout um, in uh, the 3rd Battalion, 21st Infantry Regiment as a scout sniper in uh, Mosul in Iraq. And Rebecca, you are an award-winning um, author as well as a filmmaker. And it, it, it definitely must have been a bonding experience. What was your experience for you to put this book together? Well, I think it, um, it it really helped build trust uh, for me as as being a uh, combat veteran. That's one of the challenges that I really had was being open about my experience. And uh, this opportunity to work with my sister uh, allowed me to be able to connect with her about my experiences in war. And for me, I'd say it was a, an incredible opportunity to learn so much about what Tom experienced in war and what our veterans and soldiers experienced that most of us as civilians, we just, we have no idea. And these men and women are walking around with so much on their shoulders and we have no clue. So it was, it was a humbling and awe inspiring experience for me. Well, and you know, by reading the book, and again, the book is called Where War Ends, I can just tell that there's a very strong bond between the two of you, and there was a strong bond before, Tom, you uh, went to war, and then when you came back, obviously, there was this this time that you had to heal yourself. I want to speak, first of all, about the cover of the book, because it's, it's very... Um, intriguing. I see five men walking on this. Now, in the book, you talk about how you and Anthony took this 2,700-mile journey all the way to Los Angeles, and um, several veterans and other people joined you on the way, and you met some very fascinating uh, individuals, including Native American healers um, and all of that. But tell me about the cover of the book. Who is in this photo? Yeah, the uh, the cover of the book really depicts uh, our time walking across Colorado, and we linked up with a bunch of veterans there um, to walk a section of the, um, the the path that we're on towards California. Uh, so for us, it was really nice to be able to connect with other veterans along the way, to be able to share our experiences and their stories and, and kind of connect um, and understand that there's a lot of veterans that are going through the same things that you are. Um, and it helps with, uh, you know, feelings of isolation when you come back from uh, combat. Well, and as uh, Rebecca just shared, I, for those of us who have never been in combat, uh, we have no idea what it is that you do over there and to keep all of us safe. And you make it very clear in the book 
that you don't want to be called a hero, Tom. And I, I know it's interesting. I know so many different veterans and uh, first responders, firefighters, police who have uh, done amazing things. And they don't want to be called a hero either because you're doing your job. But the, but the issue is, is that you do suffer deeply from what you do to help all of us. And this new word, moral injury, I don't know if it's new, that new, but you didn't find out about it for a long time, and this is the first time I'd heard about it. Um, that really designated what it is that you're going through. It's more than PTSD. Would, uh, would either of you like to comment on that? How do you define moral injury? So moral injury is defined as a wound to the soul. It's when you witness or participate or fail to prevent acts that transgress your moral belief system or your, your moral s- structure. Um, so this is kind of inherent in war, and we're seeing it, um, you know, when you're uh, in the, the, the process of combat and the things that you have to witness and experience uh, uh, change you fundamentally for, for um, forever. So it's really um, putting a word to... Uh, feelings of grief, uh, shame, sorrow, guilt, a lot of these things that I experienced when I came uh, home from war um, is now being encapsulated in the the term moral injury. So it was able to make sense of the the feelings that I was experiencing when I came home from war. Well, I look at your photo and you have the most beautiful smile, both of you. (laughs) And, (laughs) and, And Tom, you know, it's hard when I see, I actually just can feel... Uh, from your photos that I've seen of you, I can just feel so much love and generosity just emanating. But you went through such a terrible, horrible period uh, where you wanted to commit suicide. You you obviously didn't you didn't feel anything pretty much. Right. Right. And I know Rebecca, you have said that you have also in the past suffered in a different way, I mean, as many people do, but from just a depression or even thoughts of suicide. But Mm -hmm. finding out about what moral injury is and through meditation, you were able to get from this horrible place to a place more of peace. Uh, I'd really like to discuss that because it just seems that especially when you're a combat veteran or a first responder, or someone who has experienced the things that we have no clue how you even deal with them as a human. Um, We don't think about, I bet you don't think about meditation as being one of the first things to help you heal. Yeah, it's it's something that wasn't on my radar when I I started this uh, process of of trying to even just make sense of what I experienced in combat, because when you're in a a combat zone and you're running missions, uh, there's no time to process this stuff. You're in survival mode, and uh, it's years later when you come home and then you have these, you know, know, questions that, you know, am I a good person? Can I be forgiven? Um, and a lot of these questions uh, really kind of chew you up inside. And to be able to have a practice uh, that addresses that, it gives you space to be able to process these things uh, that you might not have been able to make sense of in the past. And, and it gives you the space to do that. So that's why it was really important and uh, critical in my healing. You, and Rebecca, I really just honor the way you write. You The, the words that you chose, the sentences that you put together – I felt I was right there when you were talking about the two of you being together 
or suggesting to Tom to go into therapy or actually knocking on his window to keep him, you know, get him to go to therapy. Um, and, and all the experiences that Tom went through, what was your writing process to be so fluid and so explicit? It must have taken a lot of your heart and your soul um, to have to kind of surf through Tom's moral injury and actually figure out some of your own. That's a great, thank you so much, first of all. Um, and it's a, it's a wonderful question. And I had, I had a, a lot going for me. I had a head start because I had known Tom my whole life and we're in our thirties, you know, working on this project together. So I, I got to cheat a lot. I didn't have to do, you know, character development because I, I knew him, you know, he's, you know, we're blood. Right. And, so that really helped inform um, finding his voice, um, and the process was it was it was really great because Tom is he's at a point in his healing where he is so open and so brave and has so much courage to to openly share these difficult memories, but also to revisit the memories and um, to be able to sort of live those again and to go to those places and to answer my questions about the details of the day his, you know, a friend was killed and what, what did he look like in the hospital? And to, he, it took, it really, it really took so much courage. And we ask the reader to have a lot of courage too, to even go there. But, but I think what I, what I tell people is, you know, we go to these challenging and, and dark places, but we bring you out at the end, just like Tom brought himself out at the end. Well, and Tom, I mean, you had your your two squad leaders. They were friends. They were great guys, both killed, who followed you. I mean, you felt them with you on this whole journey. And then at one point, you were able to let them go after you were in the desert. And tell us about that experience. That must have been really, really freeing. To know that you, you you know nothing it wasn't your fault right 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 yeah it was a it was a very challenging time for me because uh, my platoon sergeant was killed in action we lost one of our squad leaders as well and they were very good friends and uh, pretty prominent leaders in our platoon so um, you know I was 20 years old when I deployed and you have the uh, older guys in your platoon that are are more of like father figures that um, were kind of taken away from us. So I had a lot of survivor's guilt and a lot of uh, um, remorse that I just held on to because I didn't know how to process it or move through it. And uh, walking across the country and integrating meditation helped me to uh, process and accept the death of my friends. The walking across the country, that to me, that with Timmy was amazing that you actually wanted to walk. And there was only a short amount of time in Colorado when the snow flurries came up and it was absolutely impossible that you had, that you took a ride. Other than that, you and Anthony walked the whole time and you were able to, uh, to finance it through um, Indiegogo and, you know, online things. How did that all come about? To explain how you got the idea that, okay, I needed to heal and I got to take a first step. And that step was literally a first step. Yeah, the the actual idea came when I was actually with Rebecca in um, at, at her previous apartment and, and just at a point in my life where I knew that uh, if I didn't do something to, to drastically change my situation, this is never going to change for me, and I'm just going to end up like a s- statistic 
of of the 20 veterans that are that are taking yeah taking their lives every day so i knew that i needed to do something drastic to pull myself out of that situation otherwise i would just be um uh, a number another number um so the uh, walk itself was basically generated because i needed to i knew i needed to deal with the things that i experienced i just didn't know how i was going to do it or what it needed to look like but i did know i needed to remove myself from the environment that i was in and just be uh, more closer to nature and uh, really try to process and make sense of the things that I experienced in Mosul. Yeah, you know, it, it, you talk a lot about nature in this book, and I'm just a big um, promotion of, uh, I'm a big promoter of nature being the gardener that I am, um, and the <laughs> I'm, I'm just a nature girl, let's say yeah. that. But there was a line in here, and Rebecca, I loved it, and you said, I had, this is when you were in Beverly Hills. Um, mm-hmm. I was pretty sure that by now, 2,691 miles into the trek, I had learned something important, that one of the secrets to happiness and healing was to trim your own hedges. And that line was, <laughs> that line hit me so strongly because I'm such a believer and I felt that this was like what you were saying in the book is that in order to heal, we have to do it ourselves, is that people can nudge us and encourage us and perhaps lend us tools or give us tools, but the reality is there's only one way to do it, and it's up to each individual. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly it. I, I Tom talks a lot about personal responsibility and taking responsibility for your own healing and how yes. when he started out, it was there was sort of an expectation that, you know, the doctors should help, the medication should do it, my family, my friends, you know, everyone but me. But when he, when he took that responsibility and decided um, I need to do this myself, he was, he was taking back power and that gave him the power and the strength to heal. We, uh, the title of the book, Where War Ends, that, um, that's such a that's a powerful title too because where does war end? And I know that Tom has said and you have written that war ends within us. That each of us have that power once we want peace, once we realize that we're all connected, once that we share the love, then we can be at peace. But can do you see that really happening? I think about what's happening right now in our world. You know, with what has just happened in Iraq and. Uh, is there is healing possible on a worldwide level? It seems that, that we're living in a time of hate and disruption. And uh, maybe talk to us about the meditation. What can what can we all do to get to that point of ending that war within us, so that we can end the war without? This this really points to. Uh, as Rebecca was saying, taking personal personal responsibility for your healing. And there's, uh, you know, with everything that you're talking about going on in the world, we have very little control, it seems, over what's happening. But we can control um, our emotions, our attitude, uh, the way that we conduct ourselves, the way that we speak to other people. And these are the things that we're talking about when you're when you're taking personal responsibility with your own healing is is taking the time to reflect on how can I be better, how can I be more peaceful person. Um, and really doing a little bit of self-study uh, and uh, trying to make these uh, personal changes in your life to make a more peaceful life uh, for yourself. 
Um, that's how I think peace is possible on a, on an individual level. Yeah, I would add too to that is, is look at your own life and relationships, and that's that's where you can start to cultivate peace without as well. And you you know it's it's so easy to point a finger at politicians and you know people in other countries and we, whatever is happening in the world, but we have no right to do that unless we have you know peaceful a peaceful mind and and peace within our own families and, and friendships. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree with you. I do agree with you. If you're just joining us, we're talking with Tom Voss and Rebecca Ann Wynn. They've written a book, Where War Ends. It's a combat veteran's 2,700-mile journey to heal, recovering from PTSD and moral injury through meditation. Let's get to the meditation part right now because... Uh, you know, towards the end of the book, as you were getting towards uh, Santa Monica Pier, there was a man that just couldn't stop talking about the next class he was going to lead and blah, 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 blah. And then it turns out that you actually end up going there, Tom, because yeah. um, because they send a few veterans and you got so much out of it. So. What what can other people, and just the common person too, what right. can we all get out of meditation? Yeah, there's a lot of benefits to uh, meditation. And I ended up taking a course through a, a nonprofit organization called Project Welcome Home Troops. Uh, they offer a, uh, I think it's a five-day breath-based meditation course. And at the end of this course, you get a going home practice. So you have a practice. Uh, that you can start working on your own uh, meditative practice on your own. So uh, I had such a positive experience with uh, the workshop that it was something that I immediately incorporated into my life. And when I did that, I was actually reinstilling a a discipline in my life, which is something that I really needed um, because after getting out of the military, I kind of threw all that away and I didn't want anything to do with it because of my experience in war. So meditation is really important uh, because it gives you... uh, clarity of mind, patience with other people, patience with yourself. And those things are extremely valuable in, in, in today's world. And if anyone is really interested in learning meditation, there are great apps out there um, just to get started. And even if it's sitting for five minutes at a time um, and working your way up to something a little more longer, like 20 minutes, um, that's a great way to start. You know, it's a wonderful way to start the day. I start my day, I do 20 minutes every morning. And I don't, I, I, now I'm to the point, if I don't do it, I feel like my day can't get started because yeah. it yeah. just, it grounds me, centers me, and it gives me that opportunity to offer gratitude just, you know, in my whole being, uh, which is wonderful. I want to just give out the website and then we'll come back again. The website for uh, both Rebecca and Tom and this book, which is Where War Ends, is themeditatingvet.com. And there's a lot of resources there. And, of course, you can contact um, Tom about what he's doing and how he could possibly help you with your your own struggles and your own healing. Rebecca, I just wanted to give a shout out to you because, again, from what I've read is you actually sat down for these several years and wrote this book, and Tom has given you accolades for this. Uh, you had two children in between. You were working a full-time job. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you were making films, and you were and you were writing this. Um, I guess when you're extremely busy, this is when you get things done, right? <laughs> well, it's a yeah, it's it's a miracle that the book exists at all. That's for sure. Um, 
you know, Tom and I worked really closely together. So that was a a gift to be in close contact um, over a period of several years. And something, something I would say just um, that if, that if someone has a creative project or any kind of dream like that, if you, you know, you're a parent or you're working full time, or even if you're struggling with moral injury or some sort of big obstacle, it's, um, it's possible. And I think for me, the trick was, you know, just like with meditation, like you said, you know, 20 minutes here, 15 minutes there, two minutes even. Um, and it doesn't, you don't have to carve out these big chunks of time and just try to take it one moment at a time. I can't even take it one day at a time. I, I take it one moment at a time. <laughs> I'm with you. I, I'm, I think I'm more one second at a time because <laughs> everything can change in an instant. And probably Tom knows that more than anything as serving, uh, serving as a sniper. That had to be very, uh, very challenging. So the walk, Tom, the walk. Okay, you had a film crew that was following you, and you actually made a film. Where can we see that? I tried to, I wanted to watch it before I had interviewed you, but I couldn't find it. It's called Almost Sunrise. Where, is it available, you know, like at Netflix, or is it available at PBS or any place at the moment? Or, um, is, it, is it being screened? You can, you can find uh, Almost Sunrise is... Um, available on Amazon and YouTube and iTunes. Uh, so if anyone's interested in seeing that, it's a documentary about the, the trek across the country. Okay, okay. I guess I didn't look at YouTube, and that could have been, um, I did, yeah, that would have, I would have been smart if I had done that, and I wasn't. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to go see that. The name of the film is called Almost Sunrise. So uh, how how did it feel to walk all that way? I mean, you were living on jerky, and you had two buckets of chicken, from what I understand. <laughs> that was really funny. Popeye's chicken out. Somebody shows up in the middle of the desert with a bucket of Popeye's chicken. That's pretty funny. Yeah, it was another veteran, so that really tells you, you know, the, yeah. the, the caliber of uh, uh, person that, 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 that came out to support us. So it well, was a uh, amazing veterans- journey. Veterans tend to support veterans, although you did have that that one Vietnam vet that wrote to you that wasn't all that uh, pleased that you were going to be doing a walk. Yeah. Uh, did, did he ever get back in touch with you, or did you ever get in touch with him? Yeah, never got in touch with us, never showed up to protest, so um, you know, hopefully, he's, hopefully he's doing okay. Yeah, hopefully <laughs> he's doing okay, and hopefully he reads your book and realizes that he had a moral injury and he needs to work on it. Uh, you know, I had to bring up one other thing because you talk about your Bampa. Do you call him Bampa? Bampa? Bampa, yeah. yeah Bampa, yeah. So um, my uncle fought at Iwo Jima as well. And it was, I mean, obviously that was a, a every battle is a horrible battle. And that one was definitely right up there with the bad ones. And his entire life, he could never talk about his service. And I really, after reading your book, I realized how deeply injured he was. He was such a wonderful, sweet, kind, giving man. But that just weighed on him his entire life. Did it also weigh on your bampa? I mean, I think it, it did in some ways, but it was something we never really um, either understood or, 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 or caught on to uh, growing up. But I'm sure he, he struggled a lot with the things that he saw and uh, participated so he, but, in. So he never was able to talk about it either? Uh, at least not with, not with me. I'm sure with my, my father or um, uncle, aunts and uncles. 
Maybe. Yes, well, my uncle never came back. I mean, I had three uncles that fought in uh, that that horrendous war, and um, none of them would talk about it. I yeah. mean, they, they. I don't think they even talked about it with each other, but they just didn't. Well, I have really and truly enjoyed your book. The name of the book is Where War Ends. The authors, Tom Voss and Rebecca Ann Wynn, it's a combat veteran's 2,700-mile journey to heal. And this moral injury is really something that we have to take seriously. It goes beyond the PTSD, which is very serious in itself. And meditation definitely helped Tom uh, get through this all. And, and uh, I really feel that it was, it was so beneficial to you. And do you feel, would you do the walk again, Tom? Yeah, I'd love to do it again. Would you really? Yeah, sure. <laughs> how long? How long was your beard by the time you hit the Santa Monica Pier? It was pretty long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you recognize him, Rebecca? <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. It was still, he kind of looked like Forrest Gump, but yeah. yeah. Well, that's what you said. You know, you said you felt like Forrest Gump, especially when it was run, Forrest, run. You wanted to kind of run towards the end, and I don't. I I just don't blame you, but. Uh, to me, just doing that walk was really brave. Well, um, again, congratulations to both of you on publishing this book, and I wish you such success. And I hope that that veterans and first responders and anyone who has is is going through a traumatic experience and recovering from PTSD can understand what moral injury is and hopefully get some help uh, through meditation and through your book, Where War Ends, because it's just the way you've written it, Rebecca and Tom, it's just, it's so personal. And the person, you just go along with you. And as I said, uh, when we were off the air, I've already had emails because I was promoting this interview from first responders to 9-11 and other combat people that I hope they're tuning in right now because they were not, um, they were all responding that they felt as you did, that they had PTSD and moral injury. So I think you've hit a chord that is really important. Would you like to have some final words before we end our segment? Yeah, sure. It's just, you know, going back to, um, you know, taking the first steps in your own personal healing and, um, really including the family in that process, um, whether that's just sharing, you know, something that has impacted you deeply um, that you maybe have never shared before with a, with a loved one. And that helps build trust and it helps you move along the path uh, on the healing journey. And I'd, I'd add that, you know, if you're still breathing, there's hope and there's more right with you than wrong. And it just takes that little flicker of light to, to cut through the darkness. And so even if you've even if you feel like you'll never feel better again, there is hope. If, 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 if Tom could pull himself out of it, you can too. And I just wanted to add that if you are a friend, a family member, a spouse of someone who is going through something like that, be a good listener and just listen and don't try to do the healing because um, it's really up to that individual, as Tom and Rebecca have said. But They really need to uh, be able to share the story. So thank you both for joining uh, us today on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. The website is themeditatingvet.com. 
The book is Where War Ends by Tom Voss and Rebecca and Wynn. And Wynn is spelled N-G-U-Y-E-N, just in case you didn't know. And the, the documentary, which I'm going to uh, definitely go see as soon as possible here, is called Almost Sunrise. Thank you, Tom and Rebecca. I, I wish you just continued a success, love, and healing. It is one step at a time. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. When we come back from break, we'll talk about gratitude. This is a very important element to our happiness and success as well. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be back in a bit. Be the star you are. The star you Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. How do you build and maintain a long-term relationship? Try a few of these suggestions. Be upfront. Honesty is always the best policy. Even though people don't like bad news, it's best to tell the truth when any problems arise. Listen with both ears. You'll strengthen relationships by really listening. Talk less and listen more. Do what you say you will do. In other words, show up, follow up, follow through. And always make every person feel like he or she is the most important person in the world to you. That means that you pay close attention and you don't multitask when you're in a conversation. And finally, gratitude works. Be grateful and say so. The more gratitude you show, the more you'll have to be thankful for. Always tell the truth and you will reap the benefits. You are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan from Star Style with another business bite. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's CynthiaBryan.com. Be the star you are. The star you The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. Bethestarur.org. Dare to care. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business. Well, I really recommend the book, Where War Ends especially if you are experiencing PTSD and moral injury. 
it, it, the book is, will really inspire you, and Rebecca just did an amazing job of writing it. And I, I can't imagine living through a war. Um, it's, it's very challenging, for sure. So I pick up a book, Where War Ends. Well, I wanted to talk about how you can live longer and healthier by practicing an attitude of gratitude. So if, if you wake up every morning and you're appreciative of another day. That is a good thing. Or do you roll out of bed with that thought, oh, gosh, another day, same old, same old. It's our attitude that sets the stage for how every day is going to play out. So attitude can affect our health, our relationships, our career, and even the very essence of our life. Now, most of us probably model our attitudes based on our parents, and that could be either positive or negative or maybe even both. But if you had parents who were critical, you might make a real effort at not being, you know, not being like them. And then you're always looking for someone or something to uh, compliment. But on the other hand, you might be overly critical of others and yourself if you find yourself in uh, that latter group. And your attitude might be hindering your ability to live life fully. There has been so much research done on gratitude, especially in the medical community. And most of it points to less illnesses, the more gratitude you have, better sleep, better relationships, and actually adding an additional two years to your life. So a positive attitude is always seeing the possibility in every situation as a potential gift. And yes, that forest fire, like the fire that we had here, can bring new life and um, can clear the overgrowth. Uh, The fire that we had here in uh, my area, now the hills are green. So, you know, it was bad at the time, but now I'm thankful that the green is here. Now, Harold Kushner said, if you concentrate on finding whatever is good in every situation, you're going to discover that your life will suddenly be filled with gratitude, and it is a feeling that nurtures the soul, and I agree with that. The positive attitude seems to bleed into this attitude of gratitude. You've heard that before, I'm sure. So we like to be around positive people. They make us feel good about ourselves. They usually help us feel grounded and safe, and they always say thank you. And you may find that they smile a lot as well. If you tend to make mountains out of mohills, here are three tips that could help you reduce your stress and increase your gratefulness. Number one, just stop. Tell yourself you're not going to do this mountain thing again. Second is breathe. Um, Like Tom is doing this meditation with breathing, and it's so true. Focus on your breath. Practice deep belly breathing Just for about even two minutes, it's going to help you. And then refocus and reframe that mountain into bite-sized pieces so it becomes a mohill. And you can find someone who is grounded to help you forge a better path. If you feel like you're in an area where you need an attitude adjustment, you could try reading, journaling, deep breathing, meditation, giving compliments, seeking professional counseling. You know, many care managers are licensed therapists and can help you make the change. And that could help your life be lighter and happier, healthier. And of course, you could get those couple years of living longer, especially when you make gratitude part of every day. So an affirmation could be, I practice being grateful for what I have in my life every day. So uh, now I have something, um, it is, 
it is uh, award season. A lot of people don't pay attention to the awards, but the Golden Globes just happened, and I happen to be a voting member of Screen Actors Guild, so I am in the process of watching all of the nominated movies as well as the nominated TV shows and whatever they are for. And just yesterday, I watched Tom Hanks in the the film that is for... Um, is about uh, Rod, uh, Fred Rogers. And it, there's a line in there that, that one of the characters says is, he must be one of the nicest people in the whole world. And it's so, I just enjoyed that movie so much because it just showed how much he cared about other people and how he put other people first. And and the fact that he was always interested and really listened. So that is something to be said. Another movie, that, that this was a TV movie now that many of you might have seen because it was on HBO. It's actually a miniseries, was Chernobyl. I just finished that um, last night. And that was such an eye-opener. I don't know if, uh, if, if you've seen it or not, but it... It really tied in with what Tom Voss and Rebecca Wynn were talking about in their book, Where War Ends, because there was so much lying that went on here, and there was so much PTSD and so many thousands of people that died from the explosion at Chernobyl. So it's definitely worth seeing. I'll try to talk next week. The SAG Awards are on the 19th of January. So you're going to want to uh, check out, hopefully, some of the movies. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Joker, 1917, Judy, uh, Marriage Story, Rocket Man. Uh, let's see what else. There's just so there's so many good. Oh, I I saw Parasite. I really didn't like it. Uh, but then as far as television, Fleabag, Succession, The Crown, and um, of course there is a Game of Thrones that's up to uh, Fosse and Verdun. Um, so check out some of these and um, see what you like as far as. As films and television, feel free to shoot me an email because I am watching them all. Well, this is our show for today. So I thank you for being great listeners and allowing me into your life every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific. Make sure you're always tuned to the Voice America Network and especially the Empowerment Channel where we do try to help you change your life for the better and make your dreams come true. For more information about Star Style Productions or to purchase any of the eight books that I have uh, bought and the money goes to charity, visit CynthiaBryan.com. To make a donation to Be The Star You Are charity, visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. So see beyond your physical being. Know you're already a star that you dreamed of becoming. And read a book this week. A book is like a garden in your pocket. And until we celebrate next week, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style. I thank you and encourage you to be your authentic self, all unapologetically authentic self, and just be the star you are. 
May this year be the best year of your life. Dream, create, inspire, and make a difference. And be here next Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific. Thanks for joining me. been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program star style be the star you are we have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire inform entertain and motivate you to be the star you were born to be for more information visit starstyleradio.com and to make a donation to the charity go to be the star you are.org ignite the flame that burns brightly within take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect cynthia bryan every wednesday at 4 p.m pacific time 7 p.m eastern time right here on the voice america empowerment channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style until we celebrate together next week be the star you are